This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com. Welcome everyone to the Reds Report again uh, live from Steve's Kitchen where it's, well it's Steve's Kitchen Mark too because I've been treated not only to a lovely cup of coffee, we've got cake as well. Um, and on this Sunday we have got a special guest with us as well, um, formerly known as the Halftime Pie. It's the author of the uh, the blog, of the Tykes blog. Ian, Ian how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, lads. No problem at all. And Steve, how are you? We're going to have to tell him eventually, you know, that you've moved in. <laughs> and you're lasting <laughs> actually haven't realised yet. <laughs> yes, I'm well, mate. Thank you. I'm very well. Um, I think it's a bit pointless to look at results because I think we'll get just more depressed than we probably already are. So let's let's dive straight into your latest blog, Ian. Five reasons why shop is a flop. Um, it's been really well received and I think it, it just ring so true to so many Barnsley fans. Um, tell us why you've written it now. Was, was yesterday sort of like the last straw? Were you thinking about it already? What, what, what made you publish it yesterday? Um, it had been coming for a while. Um, I think, I'm going to say I was fortunate enough, uh, or unfortunate enough to go to Blackpool last week. Um, and you could kind of sense it from, or picking it up from the fans as well during the game but certainly as we were coming out some of the things people were saying and it just kind of resonated with me that, that there was um the tide was turning yeah uh then when you kind of see how fragile the confidence was on wednesday night against forest it, it just kind of was on my mind and i'd seen a few things online that was like i, I see where they're coming from here and it just kind of developed from there really yeah so for those so, people that haven't um, haven't read it and um, you, you're saying there's five reasons uh, give us the first one in your article, and, and let's have a let's have a chat about it. And Steve, don't hold back. No, I right? can't do that, mate. I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> so, uh, the five things that kind of jumped out at me: um, poor game management is the first, um, and I think you can cast your mind back to. And I, I really don't want to initially before I start. I think normally I'm, I'm all for giving somebody a go, and we are only eleven games into a season, and I do sometimes think. Is this a bit OTT? But I, I remember at the, Q, the QPR game when they played wonderful football in that first half. But he, he gets outthought by the opposition manager, and I and I think he left too many players out that second half whose legs had gone, and he could have made some changes and didn't, or he did it too late, and ultimately we paid the price and dropped two points. Yeah. Um, and also midweek against Forest, I thought Steve Cooper just outthought him again. When things were they were on, they were a poor team, Forest, certainly first half. And I thought that they were there for the taking, and I just thought Cooper had had enough. 
He brought some game-changing players on, but he also changed the formation and shot did nothing. And within five minutes, the game was gone. It's it's um, uh, completely, isn't it? I mean, Forest game I remember well. I, I'm not I'm not proud or ashamed to say I, I left early at the Forest game because I'd seen enough, and I also knew we weren't going to get back sort of into that. And and as I got into my car, I put BBC Radio Sheffield on, and the summariser it was Derek Parker, um, and his words were, "Barnsley are making Forest look like a Premier League team." whilst they're playing Sunday League Standard. And that's a summariser on BBC Radio Sheffield. And I thought about myself, and I said, mm, that's a bit harsh. But actually, it's not, is it? And, and I, I just, I just want to go on record to say that I, I do not blame the players. After what I heard yesterday in the Callum Britton interview as well, I think the players very much lack a leader, a leader on the yes. sideline at three o'clock. Um, I don't know, Steve, your, your, your thoughts no, about game and shit? Uh, I can't disagree with anything at the minute. I mean, I've been to watch my lad play football this morning, talking to Sunday morning football, and there were more passion, more commitment, uh, and more heart played on a field up on Rotherham Road than I've seen at Oakwell for the last two or three games. Um, like you, Ian, I mean, you know, you've got to give guys a chance. Uh, I'm not for this quick firing, a little bit like Watford have done, but, you know, you've, you've got to look at the guy. You've got to look at what's happening. And it's it's different. It's a, it, There's a different air about the ground. There's a different air about the team that you can you can almost feel. It's almost tangible. Um, Summit's just not right. And I know we've said this before in, in, in years gone past. We think that there's conspiracy theories and all sorts going off but you've only got to look at the demeanour of the players you've only got to look at shop on the sideline and I mean I've said it to Carlo before I can remember shop playing I am that old funnily enough before you say <laughs> and he was a really classy midfielder really good midfielder so when it comes to the playing side you cannot fault him at all but there's, there just seems to be something missing from it's, his managerial tenure, I'm sure. And, 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 and go on, go on, Ian. I'm just on that point. I think had had he started and we had a bit of bad luck and conceded a bit of late goals, but you you could see the shoots of recovery. If you could see what they're trying to achieve, the players, and maybe you could say, right, you know, in ten games time, it's really going to click. They're going to they're going to batter somebody. You know, they're playing some good football. It's just not been working. I'd give the guy a chance, but it's like saying that this. You're looking and it, it, it stinks to the core, and you and the players just don't know what. I mean, we'll probably we'll go through the points. They don't, they don't. They, there's no leader on the pitch. There's no, no leader off it. And no. last season, that was a team that would go through brick walls for each other. Yeah. Now they look like eleven individuals who've just been thrown together. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. And that's got to be the manager, surely. It, it is, and I think often people, me and Steve, often speak about having a plan B. This is not even about having a plan B. You can, you should have a plan at three o'clock. But if the opposition yeah. then change formation or turn bits around or bring other players on. You should, I uh, listen, unless you're winning 4-0, but you should react to that, shouldn't you? And yeah. yesterday, you know, again, um, you know, the replacements are, well, I won't say like for like, but I, I don't want to put on individual players or put them to blame because they're not. Some players have got oh, more go experience. On, than, on, some players it. have got more experience than others. But when you see a young lad in his first breakthrough three season, struggling at Blackpool, struggling against Forest, and again, struggling yesterday. When you've got somebody on the bench that's been about maybe a little bit longer, and I know Toby Civic maybe not be full of confidence at the moment, but it seems, I don't know, I, I just don't understand. The midfield got me as well. When he, he takes Palmer off and then he, he puts Civic on, but... What I mean, we'll talk about it, but what about what about these signings we've made? You've got a promising youngster from Man City, and in the press shop is saying he needs to get used to the way we play football. And I'm thinking, with 11 matches in, with all the training by now, they should be. I, I can't help but think that he comes over as quite a stubborn person yes. that thinks this will work in the end. But yes. we're a quarter in, aren't we? Yeah. We're a quarter in. And I've got to say as well, Ian, I, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me with this. I know Carlo, Carlo obviously done. But some of these players that we've got, the same players we had last season that got us to we got us to playoffs. Yeah. But there's one or two of these players, I think, whether it's manager's fault or or not, and certainly not performing. Certainly not performing. 
And the one no. that I stand out, um, and I'm not having a dig at him because he's obviously going through a rough patch, is Callum Britton. Now, whether it's through what he's being told by his manager or whether he's just having a bad time of it, he's not getting forward. I'm not being funny. He couldn't cross his legs at minute. And why, why put him in midfield? There's no way on God's earth is he ever going to be a central midfielder. I just don't understand it. I think it's a bit of both. I think he's having a bad time of it at minute. But managerial direction, not just for him, but for a lot of players, I just think there isn't any. Well, can I just ask your reaction on that then? Um, Ian and Steve, in um, an interview yesterday with BBC Radio Sheffield, Callum Britton, I can't quote it because I don't know exactly, but his words were, he don't feel the practising enough on finishing in training. And his words were, they're playing a little bit off the cuff on a Saturday at three o'clock or on a Wednesday night at quarter to eight. Um, do you think maybe that that's where it comes from? Because if the players don't know what's expected, how, how can they possibly, you know, um, perform to the best of their ability? Steve? No, I totally agree with you. They've got to have even best players in the world, even Ronaldo at Manchester United, will have some form of direction. I mean, I've no doubt that at three o'clock, Oli will say, you know, Chris, you get yourself out there, lad. You do what you want and uh, bag a few goals. But I would like you to do this, this and this. Yeah. You know, some of our, our players aren't Cristiano Ronaldo, but they need direction, same as anybody. Yeah. And you would think that at three o'clock, they have got at least some idea of where he wants them to be, what he wants them to do at set pieces and, and stuff like that. And I just, I just, I don't see it at the minute. I really don't. Ian, not many goals scored from open play so far this season. Is that something that we can link to maybe not practising it enough or should they be practising more? Because we're simple. if it wasn't for Coley Woodrow with the penalty, the free kick, and was it Freezer that scored early on? In, was it against Coventry? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, from yeah. open play, there's not been much. Surprising that Callum Britton says that in an interview, isn't it? That he feels they're playing off the cuff. Yeah, which means, if you, one way of reading that is, um, yeah, we're winging it. Basically, yeah. if you're playing it off the cuff, it's yeah. almost, that is almost sort of saying we haven't got a plan and we're just winging it come three o'clock. Um, and I think the way, certainly the way they played at Blackpool, um, I think they were winging it. There were too many times where they, the, the three defenders had the ball at the feet, Kitchen, one of them, who can spray the ball about, and every time I look top, he's got he's got about eight or nine statues in front of him. No yeah. one's moving for him. Yeah. So ultimately, he's pinging a long ball upfield because he's being pressed by Blackpool, and he's just going straight back to him. And it was like, there's no... Like last season, Styles and Britain, get out wide, this is your job, up and down the wing, you know, putting balls in, that kind of yeah. thing. And and I think he's trying to put square pegs in round holes and put, yeah. just play to your strengths. Yeah. Well, um, and I think I think there's an element of that, the tactics and the personnel. Um, it's, it's just looks like tiggledy-piggledy, it really does. Yeah, yeah. Before we go to the second point of your blog, somebody said yesterday, and I quite like that, We've got yesterday, for instance, he said we've got three half decent defenders. They're just not brilliant footballers. In other ways, they're brilliant at putting a block or a tackle in, but when we start playing it out from the back, unless they get some help from midfield, and let's face it, often it's Woodrow that will come really deep to sort of yeah. receive a ball. And um, yeah, it's scary, isn't it? What about the what about the second point then on your uh, on your piece? Um, well, it just um, just quickly, I just. A lot that uh, Leon Wadshaw mentioned something in the Forest game linked to what we just said, and he said last season Barnsley players knew their jobs, and this season there's clearly no order or pattern. Yeah, and I think that's probably much what we just sort of agreed with. Yeah, it sums it up. Yeah, it summed it up really well. The second one is the one that really annoys me. Well, the most is probably the fact that he openly criticises the players in um, in press conferences, and I think in ma in man management it's a massive no no. You just don't do it. Yeah. Um, I think too too often he will. He's not fair enough. Give him a bollocking in training pitch or in 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 the in the dressing room, but. You don't come out. You come out with all sorts, don't you? Managers come out and blame fixture pile up. They, they blame the referee. You blame everybody, but you protect your players. Yeah. And he, he too often puts puts it firmly at the door of the players. And I just think, are they really going to go through brick walls for you on Saturday when you're coming out with stuff like that? Yeah. Um, and he's, he's done that far too often and this season. And, and it's not... Uh, that's probably the, one of the things that really annoys me about him. Yeah, and I suppose if you put that hand-in-hand hand with the first point, you've got a group of young players out there on zero confidence, 
and then get obviously almost openly criticised by the gaffer who doesn't give him a game plan in the first place. And it, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Well, is that, is that tit for tat then, do you think, with Callum Britton? And that's why he's, he's come out and said exactly what he said. And it's, it's the only way they can sort of get back at him, what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. And and that's when you get down that rocky road, don't you, where players suddenly, because players don't normally do it, do they? They kind of come out with the usual bland stuff on interviews when they really want to speak their mind, but they can't. Um, and for him to just do a little snippy like that, makes you, is, is that really make you start thinking what's going on in that dressing room? Because... Yeah. Generally, that group of players, um, and I know they probably peaked last season, but they've gone the other way. Yeah. And, and these are good lads who will put an honest shift in, and now they're looking just lost. Yeah. I mean, we said at the beginning of the season, both me and Steve sort of agreed, that a mid-table finish would be a very honourable position for Barnsley. We are, or we're wanting to be, a, you know, a decent championship side. We overachieved last season, the stars aligned with... I still think no fans, a very good head coach. But let's face it, the majority of the playing group is still here. And what's worrying me is surely there is something going off behind the scenes. I mean, the CEO left, the secretary left, the physios left. um, Now the goalkeeping coach has left. I mean, all these people leaving, that doesn't ring of a of a club I mean if you look at Seji as, as as physio he's been there as long as you know t- since God were a lad yeah. wasn't he for him to leave I can't help but think because I heard just I don't know if it's true I heard just he's going to Huddersfield I don't know how true that is but to leave the club where he's been for so long I can only think that behind the scenes things can't be all rosy really maybe so no. It's, it's, no. It's, it's 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 well I find it scary I really yeah, find it scary. I know the new CEO has come in, and obviously he's got a job on his hands. But hmm. what about the um, the third point then on the uh, on the blog? Did we miss two? Well, no, we just had two. That weren't two. We were carrying on from one. Can you not count? No, that was two, wasn't it, Ian? It just flows seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, then I'll put kettle on. <laughs> I want somebody's cake, never mind that. <laughs> you can't tap his head at all. You're not none left, mate, I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, no identity to our play. I think um, he started with this um, playing out from the back business, which, let's face it, we haven't got the players to, to play that system. You have to have players who are absolutely at the top of the game who can... And there's not probably many in the Championship that can do it. There's not many in the Premier League that can do it, that can have the ball at the feet and are comfortable being pressed in their own penalty area by the forwards from the opposition and, and slickly play it up the field. Um, they've tried it. The Pontian gets nervous with it. Um, the jitters go. The jitters not got the players for it. But then that seems to have died off a little bit recently. Yeah. And we've gone from this pressing all over the pitch to kind of nothing. I'm like... What, what if somebody said to me, describe what's happening with Barnes? I've seen where they're on the table. You tell me. I couldn't. I couldn't describe what the style of play is. Mm. I don't think we've got one yet, to be honest. No, not anymore. No, there's no, no identity at all to the style. Whether it's oh yeah, we're a long ball team, or or with with this, with that. I, I couldn't tell you what what our play is. I really couldn't. Well, I, I said something to Carlo last week. Not on show, but we were just having a conversation. And um, it's one of those. Ishmael, again, flashing pan. Um, good season, as we always say. High press, which is carrying on with. And I think the club, as, as a board, have looked at this and said, yeah, this is the style we want to play. So, supposedly, Shop is a very similar manager to Ishmael. Um, I don't know who were looking at that when they did that spreadsheet, but anyway. Um, but you look at you look at our team now, and like you said, it's it's neither one thing or other. And yeah. I said, as I say, I said something to Carlo last week. I said, do you not try and keep your players in the positions that they should be playing in? Let's not let's not make the players work the system. The system should work your players. Your, your players should sort of indicate what system you play. So do we not going forward go back to in a way back to basics? back to a 4-4-2, back to where your wingers can actually get forward and get a crossing. Do you know what I mean? Rather than trying to make a a, a mishmash sort of 
like you said, we haven't got Edison in net. We haven't got Diaz and Stones at back that can knock it about. Um, yeah. And I don't want to go completely other way by saying let's just pump it straight up front and see who gets on ending it because yeah. we complained about that last season um, yeah. when we were just playing aimless balls up front and like you said, they were just coming straight back. I just yeah. wonder yeah. if it's a time... If, if shop is going to stop, let's put it this way, and I know nobody wants him to, but if he does stay, are we not just better going back to a basic style of football and if he wants to imprint his style on Barnsley, let him do it from sort of the proper starting blocks rather than picking up on what somebody else started before? The, my, yeah. my question is, though, why change what worked so well last season? You know, Callum Styles, one of the stars of the season for me last season. I know a lot of people talked about DK coming in, but Callum Styles, um, um, you know, on various occasions, beating his man down the wing, putting balls in. Callum Britton as well, they're putting the balls in. And was it pretty to watch? Well, it was an eye follow, but you know, it, fans didn't mind that it wasn't always pretty because we got the results. Um, then we seem to have gone from that ball in their area, high line, and, and keeping them penned in and trying to create chances. To, well, I'll tell you what, Forrest, uh, we, uh, on, on Wednesday, the first half I saw sort of glimpses of, you know, that, that goal kick by Collins straight in their area, that high line again, and trying to pen them in. And we won it up, penalty, fair enough, but it seemed to be working. And the players seemed confident and comfortable whenever we had the ball and knew where, you know, outlets were. And it's like you said, Cooper changes it and... It, it's almost like he said, right, let's stop pressing because we completely went back in time 10, 15 years ago, whether it be on the Spackman or Moraes or whoever, but we honestly looked like we, we didn't have a clue. I'll be honest, though, we did look as well at, in Forest game, second half, that centre-halves couldn't have caught a cold. Knott's Forest cut through us like hot knife through butter and made us look like idiots at times. Yeah. I mean, Kitchen had a couple of good challenges, but, yeah. I mean, like you said at the beginning of the show... Moon, you know, he's a good young player and he's going to be a good young player. But that lad's had two or three decent games. I don't I don't understand why Civic's not starting. I really don't. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. I think Carl's right in terms of sort of describing that first half performance that there was flashes of, oh, this is last season, this. Everybody yeah. rolled the sleeves up, chasing everybody, really sort of putting Forrest on the, on the backstop. It wasn't pretty, but it, it was a positive sign. Um, but like I say, they... A couple of their goals were like a ball right through the middle of two of our back three. They just cut them right open and a winger had just run through one-on-one with a keeper. Um, it, it would, it's just, the, the side's just so fragile because they're low on confidence. And I think you're right. I think if he is to stay, you strip it right back and could play to our strengths. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but is, is he going to be too pig-headed because he's the manager and says, this is what I want. But you'd like a Woodrow captain or somebody to sit down and say, look, Gaffer, this is what we were good at. Why am I dropping deep all the time? Yeah. You know, um, Stylesy can put it on a sixpence. Britain can can put some good cross. He hasn't done it this season, but last season, you know, let's play to our strengths. Keep uh, talking. It's raining. I'm fetching wet. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It says keep talking. He's it started raining, so he's bringing the washing in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Shella. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but it, it, yeah, it, 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 and I think this is where the frustration from the players comes from as well, because um, I mean, Solbauer, DK, Mowat, um, probably you know influential players last season that that left us. But yeah. if you look at the back three, for instance, I mean, you know, uh, Kitchings come through, he's doing you know he's doing pretty well. Midfield, obviously Palmer, and we brought Benson in, fair enough. You know, he got injured. But if you look up front, there's still plenty to choose from. But we're yeah. just not playing, like I said, to that strength. That first half at Forest, I thought, great. And it just seems that Steve Cooper thought, right, how can I get out of this? And was it Graben that he, he brought on and then changed it a bit? And and you you look at the... And I know we come on to this point again, but you look at the sideline thinking, what's he going to do? And he stood with his hands in his pocket... Kitchen, I think, was it against Forrest, put his body on the line, he ran like his life was possessed and he, he blocked the ball almost on the line. The Pontian goes berserk, clapping and cheering, the East End, the West End, 
And I want my manager to just, even if just a, a few claps in the air or whatever, to acknowledge that a player's done something really well. And there's nothing. And I'm used to a Standall, a Struber, an Ishmael, kicking every ball, heading every ball, running up and down. When we were watching it on iFollow during lockdown, you could hear Ishmael constantly, constantly. <coughs> Pardon me. I know the two coaches were, were got a touchline ban. One of them was obviously back for the next one. The other one still has to sit one out. So it was more important than ever that, that he was there for his team. And he's just absent to me. He's he, I don't, And it's a young squad. They need that from the sideline. Yeah, I agree totally. And I suppose it, it goes on to the bit where one of one of the points was he's lacking, lacking a personality. Um, and you, you said it yourself there, you know, Stendhal really um, warm to the fans, to the town. He'd go in the pub, meet the fans. He, he, he was jumping up and down on the touchline. I know it didn't quite work out in the championship, but in League One, you know, he, he, he was great watching him. And, and his side mirrored his personality. We struggle when you see him like running down the touchline, jumping in with some of the last minute goals and stuff. Um, and then obviously Ishmael as well. They mirror their manager and their manager's kind of personality. And Barnsley at the minute are mirroring him on the touchline. And, yeah. and like you say, why can't he? But you know, the young lads, we've got one of the youngest squads, he should be arm round and fist bumping. He's managed to do it all the time. Um, and he, he's just, he's like a flatliner. There's nothing from him, is there? No, no. And I think especially given the fact that his assistant had that touchline ban, it was more important than ever. And, and he yeah. points now and then. And I'm thinking, I get that, but these are the 11 players on the pitch and they're in, in the match. They're in a match in the championship. That's the second league, the second up league in England. It's voices they need to hear, not somebody pointing from them. I can point, but I don't expect Coley Woodrow to have a look at me and think, oh, he says I need to be a bit wider or whatever. And whilst we're on that, and I know we'll, we'll come to the last point, but can we also have a quick conversation about players maybe not playing? I know Steve referred to it earlier, um, in their natural position. Um, you know, we've talked about Moon, who I think was shoved yesterday in sort of like defensive midfield kind of thing. Um, Clark O'Dor, who, who didn't really get much game time under um, Ishmael, and I always thought he's got a trick or two in his bag as, as Clark O'Dor, but he's played him up front as a as a striker. Um, Apo Halme, um, I've always thought, especially as a, as a defensive midfielder, you know, we've hardly seen anything of him. Vita, I mean, you know, I don't know, Gomez. What is it with these players? Is it is it stubbornness, Ian? Is it just not giving players a chance? Do you think behind the scenes things might not be right? Because I don't understand why um, Isaka was playing yesterday. We've seen Odor for I don't know how many times starting. And I like him as a player. I just don't think he's a striker. Yeah, I, I know. This is one of the battling points that I probably wrote, wrote about, really, that... And a classic example was when Benson got injured against Forrest in the warm-up. Um, and instead of putting Gomez, which would have been your straight swap, perfect match. Who's, we've only seen glimpses of, glimpses of, but he looks good. Yeah. Um, and he puts Jordan Williams in on the left. He had a nightmare against that Spence, yeah. Forrest. Yeah. And you're like, um, Devante Cole, there were rumours. He come in in the summer, and then I think last couple of days of the transfer window, there were rumours that the club were might going to get rid of him. They'd only just bought him. He's nowhere near, not even on the bench, and then he throws him in. I don't know whether that was desperation yesterday, but throws him in and starts him, and he's not even been on the bench. And Can I just uh, say, though, with that yesterday, I don't know how many people would agree with me, but I thought he actually had quite a decent game that first half. Yeah, oh yeah, there was far more movement up front, I thought, in that yeah. first half yesterday than we've seen in the last few games. Yeah. There were, yeah. there were, and, and Seca as well, there was much more movement. For whoever had the ball, there were strikers who were prepared to run away from the marker, find a little pocket and, and build that momentum. And that was a bit more, that was good. But what I don't get is, Cole's not in any of the squad. No, no. And then just thrown in. But the were playing Williams instead of ben, when Benson injured. I just... And... I just don't understand this kind of... Uh, is it stubbornness? What is it? Because he should have worked... By now, he's been here long enough to have worked out who he likes, who he doesn't like, what yeah. systems he likes. You'd like to think so. Hundermark was brought in as an under-23. For whatever reason, it might have been injury or when Benson got COVID, you know, he had some game time. Um... I didn't see a couple of matches because I was on holiday, but the feedback from loads of people saying they were really impressed with Hundermark and yeah. it looks like a real... And, and I've like, seen him since. And he's not even, on the, yeah. he's not even in the squad. And he played with the under-23s, and I get that, but surely your first team, I know they didn't know that, you know, Ben obviously got injured during Forest. 
they know he wouldn't be back. So why play him for the for for the twenty threes if we're struggling? Yeah. Because if you're not going to put Gomez in, well, it's it's just baffling. You get players on loan from Bayern Munich, and I know it's the second team, but still, it's Bayern Munich well, no, and Man City. You're right. What you say about Gomez, I'm not being funny, but they would have when we approached them, and you know we will have approached them, no doubt, about taking Gomez on loan. Man City have not going to turn around and say, "Yeah, you take him and you know play him when you want." They're not going to have said that. They're going to have said, if you're going to take this young star, because he is, he needs to be getting game time. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's what they want. They want their player to be developed. Of course they do. It's like, like um, that lad who's gone for, uh, to Birmingham. Is it Tahee Chong who plays? Yeah. Uh, for, he plays every, every minute. Yeah. In that squad. Why, why are we not playing Gomez? Well, it's like we've sent our under 23s, the most promising ones, out to Sweden. It's Asbjörk or whatever. I don't even know where it is, but it is Scandinavia anyway. Because the the, the, the co chairman, Paul Conway, said that's the only way these lads can get experience. Because the under 23s might play on a, on, a, I don't know, on a Tuesday afternoon on a park or on a recreation ground somewhere with four people and a dog. And they need to be. Playing against seasoned pros, so they've sent him out to the to the sister club, obviously co, you know co-owned by, by by our owners, and I get that they're going to play there and in a proper competition, coming against either young stars or seasoned players. That's how they get match experience. For Man City, that's yeah. exactly the same. You know, we'd like to think we mirror their style a little bit, although obviously not at the moment. But it's a Man City player. Why is he not? What? Well, it's like you say, what, what, and nothing against Jordan Williams, because you know, but. I don't understand how it, the thought process or the reasoning behind it. And I have to say, every interview I heard by Marcus Shop, and they ask about, um, you know, what, what, what's going wrong or whatever, we've got the blaming of the players. But he's very unclear and very hazy to me. He, he You know, he, he can never pinpoint. Valerian Ismail may be too technical, saying it's the transition when they have possession and we need to do this and we need to do that. I think, well, at least he knows. Marcus Shop is... To be a bit like a politician, you never you never get a straight answer, do you? A couple of times said, you know, there are reasons. Well, tell us the reasons then, because yeah. I'm not being funny. The eleven thousand yesterday, majority of them paid out for a season ticket, and the least they can owe us is an explanation of why we get these players in. We we get these big, you know, media campaigns of you know, Vita signs for the red, Gomez signs for the reds. No, we don't see them. Like what? It, it, it just baffles me. It absolutely baffles me when you're talking about if you're in a bit of a pickle, put the players in the position you know they can perform. And Callum yeah. Styles performed well out on the wide. Somebody like Gomez, I would like to think, must have pedigree for this age to be playing for Man City. I mean, am I right in thinking when they played against us, he, he was unplayable. Yeah. When we played, was it 4-0 we lost yeah. or whatever? He was unplayable. Yeah. Why, why, why are these kids... Young players, lowies, not getting any game time. It, I just, it, it's baffling, absolutely it is, baffling. It is baffling. I mean, you look at Honda Mark, and I think it was might have been um, a Stoke game, and then I think afterwards, or a day or two later, he, was, he did some sort of press stuff, and he was like, you know, giving all these quotes and stuff, and you think, all right, well, if he's in the press, he's likely to play the next game, and whoever comes up in, in the press, yeah. I've not seen him since. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. I know. And you're like, uh, what's that? And, and it's something, I and mean, I know we, we all can be like managers, but you look and you think, if you just, I know Benson's out, but Gomez and Benson together in the middle and push Britain and Styles out, you might solve a problem in midfield straight away. It's yeah. not It's not rocket science, is it? Well, it's not. I, I could ex- expect it if lots of them had injuries or whatever and, and you're struggling. You know, Moon coming in because obviously, you know, Kitchen got uh, the three-match oh, ban. Anderson, yeah. I, I get it. And that's nothing against Moon because this will do him the world of good. But if you see that he's struggling during a match, and it's it's when I say it's costing you, but you know that can damage his his progress as well, isn't it? If week in week out, and well, he's, he's going down the same road as Anderson did when he first came. Yeah, is it, it, it could, if not stopped now, be another Anderson, whereas he just his confidence gets less, he plays worse. And fans get on his back. Yeah. And you don't want that situation again. No. I mean, that on Saturday week, fans having a go at Corley Woodrow is absolute, absolutely disgusting. I'd ban him for life. Yeah. I'd ban him for life. Because Corley Woodrow, whether you think he should be captain or not, not up to me, not up to you. They've picked him to be captain. Yeah. 
and he runs his blood to water every game. There's times I think, Christ, why is he so deep? Why is he out there? Why is he taking a corner? Why is he not in box doing what he's supposedly good at, which he is, and that's scoring goals? But it's because he's being told by his manager he wants him in these positions. And I think Woodrow just takes it upon himself to try and try and do every job on pitch. I really do. Now, whether, like I said, whether he is an actual a natural leader, I know a lot of people say it should be Elik or it should be so-and-so or whatever. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know the bloke personally, so I can't say whether his, his, you know, his demeanour and the way he, he carries himself makes him a leader. But he's captain. He's been chosen as captain. So you've got to get behind him and slagging him off from yeah. touchline. They ought to be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Yeah, I think that, that behaviour was disgrace, absolutely disgraceful. Uh, as a little side mark, uh, whilst that was happening, there was a, a Barnsley fan with his young daughter who was absolutely in tears because she wanted to shout uh, Woodrow over just to say hello and saying, you know, everything's okay. She's a huge Woodrow fan. He actually messaged the show yesterday and I, I passed it on to the club and they're sorting out because um, kids were in tears yesterday when fans are having a go, offering a player out. I mean, I know yeah. we're all passionate about that club aren't we we're all passionate about it. we all want to do better but in, in circumstances like this if Coley Woodrow had missed seven open chances and you know missed four penalties people might say what's up with him and he's not playing or he should be playing but I have to say and I agree with Steve that the mileage he covers he is here there he's everywhere and it can't be easy for him either. But let's not have a go at him. Let's like, and especially on the personal level, that's just that's just absolutely wrong. I understand the frustration, but that's the wrong person to take it out on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to remember this is the guy who's got to stop fifty goals for the club for goodness. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, I I think there will have been opportunities for him to leave. I think there will have been bids for Woodrow because he's been consistently, you know, the best striker at our club yeah. for the last two three seasons. Um. And like you say, he is captain, um, and it's it, yeah. To, to, no, that's just wrong. And I get it. You know, I get it. I was absolutely pissed off yesterday. I was because I think we can do so much better. And for the last three games, Blackpool, uh, Forest, Millwall, we've always been very close to each other in the table. We were very level on points with, with Blackpool. They won and hooked the shoot up the table. Then we got Forest. I think we're a point between us. They win. There you go again. And yeah, it's, yeah. these are the sort of matches we would have expected to win. I mean, Blackpool came up, and that's no disrespect against Blackpool, but one of the things I've noticed, maybe because of the lack of style of play, any side with a bit of pace in, and we seem to be struggling this season. We didn't have the last season because we played mostly in their half. Yeah, they were, really, they, they, they should have been... Could have been easily four points out of seven, or, or, or more, five points or something, really, for those games. I mean, Blackpool—they've they've got a good atmosphere at home, and, and but but and they played well as a team, but they weren't anything spectacular. They missed several guilt-head chances. Yeah. Played half decent that game, but they got something out of it. Forest were poor. The changes they had to bring grabbing on and people like that to try and salvage the game. We could have got some out of that, and then same with Millwall. They were just hard to beat out. They're nothing spectacular, no. those three teams. Um, I mean, touching on the thing we would draw on that, it almost boiled over a little bit at Blackpool when the final whistle went and the booze rang out from the from the away end and Helic and a few others come over to give the shirts to the young kids. But you could just say, and it was a bit sad really because I know people were frustrated. They spent a lot of money gone to the game and, and were disappointed. But you could see Helic's face and a few others like almost feel like saying, are you having a laugh booing me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because... Collins, Hellick and Woodrow, some people like were saying, you know, they're the only ones that you pay at the minute. They're, yeah. they're, they're performing every week. Yeah. Yeah. And and to kind of think, you know, I've just I've just tried my hardest and, and I'm coming over to sort of applaud you and you're just giving me all that abuse. You could almost see it in his face was if to say, oh, give me a break, come on. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it is it is sad to see. Well, and this is where I think if, if you believe that, you know, if people are fed up with shop, I'm, and I'm really, and I don't want to, you know, incite riots or whatever, but I'd rather... Not in my kitchen. Anyway. No, well, no, exactly. <laughs> I, would, I would rather walk out early 
or people shouting shop out because I think if you yeah. boo the team, the team to me have done absolutely nothing wrong. And if if no. if I was to take over the team with Steve this week and we just say, well, just go out there and you know see what we can do when there is a lack of plan, a lack of understanding, a lack of cohesion between them, you can't blame them. They turn up for training. They get picked to play. It's all right for us. Ah, he shouldn't be playing there. But obviously, it, to me, and I'm, I'm, it, it comes down to stop. The like you said, the lack of tactics, the questionable, um, you know, uh, the questionable picking of of certain players over, over other ones, and 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 people that come from Manchester City, from Bayern Munich, must be thinking, why am I here? Like it, 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 it's not like you know somebody is outperforming everybody in in the sense we can't score from open play, can we? Because um, we're not really creating the chances, are we? But you know, there's not been brilliant chances where you say that. I mean, oh, Britain yesterday, I think fired over just sort of like towards the end. Um, but it goes deeper when you put that with people leaving behind the scenes. It, it paints a picture that you know. All is not well at Oakwell, is it? Something though that is that does stand out. I mentioned it a few weeks, well, a couple of months ago when shop first came. Normally, when a coach comes in, they either bring a couple of their own backroom staff in because he's, he's had a decent, uh, a decent managerial results previously to coming to us, and he must have had a backroom staff then. Now I know COVID's got a lot to do with it. Because I think we had this conversation at that uh, chatting thing when yeah, we went to, with didn't we? Conway, yeah. um, but you'd think by now he would be trying to get his own people in to back him up, people that understand him and understand his way of playing. I read something earlier today that somebody had put on Twitter saying what Stendhal and Struber and Ishmael all had in common, and that's Andy Murray. Now, I'm not saying Adam. I, Adam. I, I always call him Andy. I, I just like tennis. That's all it is. Um, you know, it just it just makes you think. What were he actually better than we all think? Well, I thought he were anyway. In that backroom scenario, but there's got to be some. Again, I come back to fundamentally wrong. We shot really because you'd think he'd want his own people in to back him up because he must. And I'm not. You know, I'm playing that devil's advocate now. He must be that pissed off his sen that nobody's backing him, everybody's booing him, everybody's slagging him off. Mm. And yet he'd be he'll probably, I would have thought, be sat in an hotel room somewhere on his own. Yeah. Do you think in the last twenty four hours since the end of the match, there's been huge, isn't it, on, on social media, but trending and Barnsley fans are obviously not happy. Do you think it is maybe the board don't want to sack him? Because he's got a three-year contract, and if they sack him, they'll have to pay the three years at Wanda. Um, do you think that's got maybe something to do with it? Is it maybe stubbornness and giving him, you know, wanting? Because let's face it, we're a quarter in. Um, this Ian said earlier, it's not like we've had a couple of misses, and it's just been we've not been maybe besides Bournemouth, we're not we've been played off the pitch, but we're not creating, and there's no real hope that anything's going to improve in the next few matches either. So, what, what, Ian, what do you think is stopping him? I mean, you could be right. There could be an announcement tomorrow. They could have sacked him today. He might be flying back tomorrow, and, and they're looking for a replacement, and they might have not just announced it. But if do you think they will get rid of him, or do you think maybe actually for financial reasons or anything else, they just maybe have a word and see what his plans are? I think... I think ultimately they're going to look, and I think the fact that you're in, they look at the table now and see them in, bot, in the bottom three. They will not, the owners will not want the club going back into League One after what happened last season. And I think, yeah, financially they might have to pay him off, but it's far worse financially to drop into League One after COVID and everything. Yeah. I think that might be the the nudge that they need, um, and I certainly. Because if you if you look at the table, it, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, um, I think that could be the thing that nudges them. If they decide to kind of just bide a bit of time, I wouldn't have thought they'll give him long four or five matches because they won't want to get to a point where the new man comes in and you you've something like eight or nine points from safety or something ridiculous. Um, so I, I I think they must be close to pulling the trigger. Yeah. Thing that's worrying though with that. All right, they get shut. Who's coming in? Do they go back no. to the spreadsheet and try and fit a manager into the high press style of play which Shop's supposed to have been? 
or do they, you know, are they going to go abroad again? Austrian, German, God knows what, whether that's well, the right option or a cheap option. Or do we go back to basics and say, right, no, we need an English manager who's got experience at championship, who knows what championship is all about. And that man is... Me and you, obviously. <laughs> but no, but that's it. I mean, you're going to get same old names cropping up. You're going to get yeah. people going, oh, let's, let, I've seen it a couple of times this week, Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder's yeah, never going to come to us because well, we're never going to pay his money. Right, let's, let's be honest. No. On, on social media, last 24 hours, what I've seen, Chris Wilder. No chance. Mick McCarthy. No chance. Warnock. No Alex, Alex Neal. They were the four. Never. That... Never. Never happened. Exactly. No, so happened. it's going to be bro. Is it... Right. Let's say the inevitable happens then, Ian. Um, where are we laying the blame for this? Is it the recruitment structure? Have they done enough homework on shop? Because I'm not being funny. I've not seen... Well, there's been a huge change in approach to matches from Barnsley. From that high press, high intensity to sort of like no plan at all. Is that uh, you know maybe a bug in the in in the in the database in the Excel spreadsheet? Is it just a manager coming here and wanting to try something completely different? But he has to be answerable to well the board or the, or the CEO. You'd like to think that ten matches in, they would have had words by now. Yeah, I think I think ultimately it's the same with players. And you can buy ten players, you're always going to get one or two. It just doesn't work. It doesn't, and and I think it's the same with this manager. It just doesn't work. And I don't think it's anything about you know. Uh, I think they felt I think they felt lucky with Ishmael. I think I think because let's face it, nobody else was really after him, were they? And then I mean, look at him now. But they took a punt on him and it worked. Yeah. I, I, I just think they probably it's just that one bad appointment that that happens every few every few times. Um, and they'll, they'll I'll eat my hat if they go for somebody like Wilder or a McCarthy or anybody like yeah. like a a, a a sort of stalwart who knows that league inside out. Um, they'll never do that in a month of Sundays. They'll they'll, they'll, dis- they'll scour Europe again, won't they, and try and find a, a Struber, Stendhal, that kind, Ishmael, that kind of thing on the cheap again. Yeah. And um, were there any other points in your blog that we haven't discussed? No, I think we've covered all that. Yeah. I think we've uh, we've done well. I've, I've, I saw uh, just last question. I saw a tweet yesterday. Uh, I'll ask Steve's reaction first. Otherwise, <laughs> um, I saw a tweet yesterday that somebody saying we've got all these problems. We're missing Kane and Chaplin. Um, now I looked. I looked at the. I looked at the stats for Chaplin. And in fairness, I mean goals. I think about four or five, but assists from Chaplin because he was a tricky sort of customer. And it does feel like our attackers are a bit, can we say, blunt at, at, at the moment, um, and, and maybe not as many choices as, as, as last season. Um, do you think that you know the 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 reason for letting? You know, Chaplin go. The reason for selling is it, you know, for, for Kane to go is that something we're regretting at the moment, Steve, or is it not that bad yet? No, God, <laughs> you know what? Talk about living in the past. We'll be getting David Hurst back. <laughs> you know, let's move on. People going on about Moy. Yeah, Moy's having a fantastic season at West Brom. Good luck to guy, but he's gone. It's done with. He's not coming back. Chaplin never did it for us. He's doing it for somebody else. Ivan Tony, if you want to go down that road, Ivan Tony was no, no, shy. No, no, I mean, I mean, Kane's out on loan. Yeah, but so, he never did out for us. Will he come back? Maybe he will. But he's still in. He's in League One. He's not in Championship. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, they did more with the world of good, didn't it? Mowers went down that level and then came, came back. back and could do a job. Let's see whether he can. I mean, we've got a couple of young lads that's out on loan. We've not even seen them yet. We bought them last beginning of last season. We've not even seen them yet. Where's where's strategy behind that? I don't understand it. I don't understand people going on about oh you know we might might oh, we we're missing him we're missing him. Maybe we are, but it's done. We let's yeah. move on. Christ, there's better things to talk about than bloody players. That's been. And, I'm sorry, I've got my I've got been my body. No, there, no, Chaplin was shy. I didn't like him, and he won't do it in Championship. End of story. Um, and I suppose with Mowat, if we'd have sold Mowat, he could come back to bite you. But he was under his contract and he was never going to sign anyway, was he? Well, so, it, no. it was one of them things. His, his time were up. He got a lot better offer, which most players do from other clubs when they move on from us. Look at Uri. And you can't not knock him. He did a fantastic job for us after he'd come back on loan. Same as a few players. Um, but they've gone. Move on. Let's, let's look forward. There's too much of this looking back. For me. Right, uh, just to finish off then, uh, I'll give you a little bit to think about it. Sum up the first 11 matches of this season in just five words, if you could. 
So, I can. What a bag of shite. <laughs> That's exactly five. Well done. I'm with this, don't you, Willie? How would you, uh, you summarise it, Ian? Um, I'll, I'll be a little bit more diplomatic, but uh, that was spawn. It's like watching paint dry. How's yeah. that? Yeah, I would put something like uh, lack of direction and leadership. Um, oh, that's far too. That's yeah. just far too. Uh, <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm going to put my washing back out. It's raining. Ian, um, thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, let's hope that after the international break, um, you know, things start picking up, whether I be under a new head coach or not. And let us know when you're next to Oakwell as well, and uh, we'll catch up. And I'll get, I'll get, I'll get Steve to go to the bar for us. He'll, he'll probably want a tenner off me, but I'll get him <laughs> yeah, to. <laughs> And uh, yeah, stay stay well. Keep writing the tags blog. We'll keep retweeting because it's quality stuff, mate. Cheers, thanks. Ah, okay, thanks thank you. Well. Cheers, Ian. Cheers. You've Bye. been listening to the Reds Reporter. We'll be back next week. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Ugh. Now, what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile Home Internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash T-MoFax. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping. And Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.